On today's episode, we're heading to the bar to discuss a hot topic, alcohol. We'll answer some of your burning questions like, should I drink and climb? And what's the effect of alcohol on climbing? We'll also share when to prioritize your drinking so that you can crush throughout your season without the hungover sense. Let's cheers to that. You're listening to the Average Climber Podcast. a whole it was a whole like character arc I think what happened to us like it was all right let me tell you what we did so we we went to it's the first concert I have personally been to since the start of the pandemic um and we we had a girl's day and part of this involved us buying some long ass fake nails from Target and putting them on, not thinking about the consequences. And do you want to share what some of the, let's talk about just some of the everyday activities we could not do with these nails on. First and foremost, I would just like to put it out there that it was a fun idea because as rock climbers, we yeah. don't get to do this. We were like, what a concept. Cool. Let's well, try it. Cool nails. Have some fun temporarily. We'll look sophisticated. Or whatever. And initially, I was like, I understand. I have so much power right now with these yep. nails. And then it very quickly became apparent to us that it... There's a skill set involved. It's a skill and also that there are very specific things that I did not take into consideration that would be a struggle. Okay. I'm just going to rapid fire list some of the things that we like, I could not do. Like I had to have my other half buckle my seatbelt for me. (laughs) And unbuckle. And unbuckle. I, uh, what else? Oh, typing on my phone. That was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, what else, what else was a problem? Um, putting on pants or going to the bathroom. I was like, what, what am I going to do? Putting my jacket on was hard zippers were hard couldn't get my ice license license out of oh yeah that was funny yeah yeah i couldn't get it out of my wallet just and this one woman at the concert savior absolute savior wish we got her name because she gave us some beta spray on how to survive with nails even though it's irrelevant because i'm never doing this again no maybe one time (laughs) i'll forget in like two months and i'll be like we'll do it again and then i'll be like this was a bad idea but yeah. So anyway, that was uh, that she, was our epic. She taught us everything, though. So if you're listening <laughs> to this woman who was at the Cannons concert in Salt Lake City at Soundwell, you know who you are. She had a lot of cool tattoos. She was definitely over 50, had a couple of kids. She was awesome. But she, we were like, how do you type? How do you do this? And we got like a 15 minute like rundown on like how to exist. And I was like, I'm so impressed with women that can do that. Um, but yeah, but so that was our that was our day with fake nails. But seeing a concert was fun. Um, and it's fitting that we went to a concert yesterday because what do you do at concerts? Listen to music and drink alcohol. Oh, we Maybe did not that. everyone, but we did. We did. We so sure did. And do can <laughs> can you tell? Can we tell that we did drink alcohol yesterday? The answer is yes. Yep. If you're reading between the lines going, are they saying they're a little hungover right now? Absolutely not. No. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just a little. But it's going to be a good episode. Just you wait. And it's good because we'll really be in the mood of, you know, like the consequences of our actions as we speak about this today. So 
With without further ado, Caitlin, shall we get into the topic of alcohol and its effect on sports performance? Absolutely, we should. Sweet. Okay, where do we where do we want to start? I feel like maybe we want to just start with like, can you just kind of tell us like the general wait, before we get into it, our producer has been telling us that we need to introduce ourselves at the top of the episode. So we're gonna do that. And I'm Lauren. This is Lauren. I am a certified personal trainer. I'm a climbing coach. Caitlin, would you like to introduce yourself? We're going to make a habit of this so that you know who we are. It's important. <laughs> it's, you're like, who is this person giving me advice blindly? No, we're, we're here for a reason. Yes. Uh, I'm Caitlin. I am a certified nutrition specialist, and I work with climbers and athletes on their nutrition. So today we're going to really dive into the effects of alcohol in general, but also on performance and training adaptations as they relate to both of our respective fields. So yep. yeah, we got a yeah. lot of, a lot so, of stuff to go through. So yep. where should we start? Two qualified, slightly hungover professionals <laughs> about to help you with stuff. Okay. Where to start back to where we were. Um, okay. Let's talk just about like the general effects of alcohol and Caitlin, I think mm, you can kind okay. of take it away on that one, just like in general for a normal person. And then we can dive into the more athletic side of things. Cool. Yeah. I think that's some helpful context. And I also, I want to maybe subcategorize because there's short-term, of course, which we may or may not <laughs> we be. We are aware in- of the short-term <laughs> effects of drinking alcohol, but. <laughs> but there's also long-term. So of course, you know, with short-term, you might experience diarrhea, upset stomach, headache, uh, you might also have uh, distorted vision and hearing. You might see some changes in your perception and awareness, certainly fatigue, and also maybe some mood changes as well. But if you think about the longer term, you might be like, oh, yeah, I've had all of those short-term things happen in some shape or form at some point. But over the long term, maybe you've heard about some of the things, but there can be some potential impacts on your personal life, maybe some changes to mental health, high blood pressure, liver disease, stroke, nerve damage, brain damage, Cute. possibly sexual problems, gastritis, ulcers, cancers, malnutrition, all of that to say that's super depressing. Um <laughs> But it does depend on the dose, the frequency, your family history, genetics, things like that. So I think it's also helpful to talk about, you know, what's considered moderate in terms of drinking because yeah. that's that's usually what's suggested by, you know, the medical community, the research. It points to that moderate alcohol consumption as, as still being safe and okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, like, yeah, the Queen of England I've read has like multiple glasses of gin a day and she's she's really? going on she's crushing 90 it. something and still having a good time, apparently. So I don't know. But in that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things real quick before we even get into some of that. I've heard people say that like alcohol is like empty calories or they've like called it a macronutrient. Can you kind of like explain what mm. alcohol is? Because like at the end of the day, like it's a tough. Right. So. Well, so. Alcohol is, is ethanol, right? Yes. So your body produce or doesn't produce necessarily. Um, <laughs> it um, when you consume it, I should say that um, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> you have to, of course, metabolize it and then you know excrete it as waste. So the way that your body does handle it is it goes through like a natural process, like you would with 
carbohydrates or a medication or, you know, carbs Mm -hmm. and, and other foods too, but your body still has to process it. So, the reason we call it empty is because it's non-nutritive. Mm. So there's there's really like in terms of alcohol per gram, there's seven calories. So for comparison, four grams or excuse me, one gram of carbs equals four calories. One gram of protein equals four calories and one gram of fat equals nine calories. So it's not to say that like, okay, yeah, seven calories, whatever, but it's, uh, the body doesn't actually store the calories from alcohol. So that's why it's non-nutritive and it's just metabolized, excreted, um, but not without sacrificing our energy stores and our metabolic processing of other quote toxins. Mm. And that includes things like hormones. So it, it does take energy to, you know, to just metabolize and then excrete it. So, okay, wait, let me back up for a second. So mm-hmm. like we don't, So I know people will be like, it's empty calories or like if you drink, like, let's say if you drink like, I don't know, like tons of beer, like, and I know that's like associate, like not to be like weight gain. Sorry, guys, I'm saying like obvious things. I'm kind of trying to come here as the layman's thing. But like, do we like actually absorb the calories from alcohol or is it like the interference with like the way we absorb other things that can cause problems? Well, think about, think about this. Let me paint a picture. If you say you're out at I'll give our example. Say we were at Joe's Valley and we climbed all day. We got back to camp, opened up a beer and sat there for three hours before we even made dinner. Mm. You're missing out on that opportunity to start recovering. Mm. So it can kind of start to take the place of those other important factors, especially if it's kind of filling, you know, so you might think like, oh, I'm getting carbs, but it, it may not be that uh, you know, black and white, there's probably right. a gray area, but ultimately you're not necessarily getting the same benefit to your, your glucose stores. Gotcha. You're not of course replenishing protein. So it might actually like compete in terms of like, if that's what you're drinking and you're not recovering by eating certain foods, like that's yeah. where you miss out on that opportunity. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Thanks for, thanks for taking that detour with me. I was like, I need this. I need to understand this. <laughs> I need to okay. know for a friend. I need asking for a friend. Um. Okay, cool. Maybe let's talk. So I know we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what moderate looks like. So what is the, you know, seems the V7 of <laughs> drinking. What's the average? Oh, this is another, wait, no, I won't. All right. We're taking another detour. <laughs> detour time. Yesterday we were having a conversation about what the average climber cocktail would be. So if you could just like blow us up on Instagram about what you think that would be. We had some ideas. I won't tell you what, but like, we were like, what's the most average liquor? And then I was like, the average climber cocktail is a beer, but that's not true. So Give us your ideas. We want to have a signature cocktail for the podcast. Okay, back to moderate (laughs) consumption. What is moderate consumption? So generally, moderate consumption is um, characterized as two drinks per day for men, one drink per day for women. Sorry, it's so binary, but that's just the way of of the world at the research level right now. But you might be like, oh, well, okay, so you can have a 32-ounce beer and that counts as as one, right? Well, if you shove it, into, if you shove it all quite. in one can, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope. Mm, back it up. Weird. Mm, not, not how it works. So just to give some clarity, about 12 ounces of beer, that's 5% alcohol. It really depends on the type, but that that's one beer drink. 
12 ounces, 5%. So if you're in uh, Salt Lake or Utah, that's no problem for you. Yeah, Everything's because you'll never get 5%. anything over four and a half here. Yep. So, so yep. Uh, I'll yeah. <laughs> Alternatively, in New Mexico, everything's above seven. Yeah, so Caitlin lives in a land of no laws. Wait, Josh is, Josh is making a five at me. We're, it's, we're up to five now. Yeah. We're allowed five percent. But if you have half a beer and drive, you're going to jail. So right to jail. Welcome, right to jail. <laughs> right to jail. <laughs> and so for wine, that's five ounces of wine. That's 12 percent alcohol. And for spirits, that's one and a half ounces or a, quote, shot at about 40% alcohol. So um, no Everclear here. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> Don't drink Everclear. You can, but. Don't um, do it. <laughs> uh, and then malt liquor, that's about eight ounces at around 7% alcohol. So if you take that into consideration, it doesn't necessarily mean like, okay, if I me personally, I can have one of those a day and everything's great and sunny. Well, it's it's potentially a compound effect. And again, it, it does depend on you and your uh, family history and genetics as well. That does play into it. But it really is important to remember that like it doesn't necessarily mean like this is okay all the time. It's just this is what's deemed like okay and um not like if you're gonna drink, I should say, this is what's okay. If you don't already drink, doesn't mean like, oh yeah, go ahead and yeah, start. It'll have no effect on anything at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. But okay, that makes sense. I think it's good to like kind of have a baseline to discuss. Okay. I also want to like point something out. If you enjoy yourself a good craft cocktail, do keep in mind that a lot of really tasty cocktails have a shot and then probably like a liqueur in them and I feel like there is yep. a really good chance that a lot of your favorite cocktails might have multiple servings in one so just being mm -hmm. like I only had two margaritas and it's like well that might have been like three drinks if you yeah it's a good yeah. point so just things to keep in mind I always kind of like I always like refresh myself on this and then I go la 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 I had two whatevers <laughs> but they that only counts as two drinks and it's like well you had two french 75s and so french 75s are liquor and champagne so I'm wrong but yeah, yeah. and <laughs> the one I guess maybe final point on this aspect of the the topic I I want to make a point that like, yes, alcoholic drinks do have calories in them, but ultimately, if if calories are something that you put some emphasis on, especially, you know, if you if you have certain goals and you want to make sure you hit a, a certain calorie mark to make sure you're getting enough, I actually often tell my athletes not necessarily to count. Just like don't. Yeah, yeah because... Ultimately, I would rather you have a beer in addition to everything else that you were going to mm. eat because I want you to recover. I want you to feel that you're, you know, you're getting the most of your your food and like a, a couple beers or a couple drinks every now and again, like even a couple times a week. It's not going to have that significant of an impact unless, you know, it's it's the dose over time, right? That's yeah. kind of what what we're getting at here. But I, that's my personal approach when people are like, sh you know, what should I count the beer or two I had after my session? And yeah. especially if we are tracking calories just to make sure they're, they're getting enough. It's like, I, I wouldn't, I mean, you can put it on there as food for thought, but ultimately I, I would rather you emphasize the, you know, the, the foods in your diet. So anyway. Yeah, there we go. So I don't know. I don't want to be like everything in my... Well, we'll get we'll get there to yeah. the <laughs> wrap up of all of this. Okay, maybe let's talk about 
more specifically in terms of performance. I'll just give you like an example and I think we can dive in there. So let's say you're, um, this is going to be another asking for a friend moment, but like, let's say you're like (laughs) an athlete that's, you know, training, maybe doing some like activity outside on the weekends, whether that's skiing, climbing, running, blah, blah, blah. You're just like a generally active person and you're participating in like a climbing training program. And, you know, maybe you have a drink after work sometimes, or like you go out for a beer every now and again, like maybe you don't drink every day, but maybe like one time during the week and like one time on the weekend. Like, I don't notice. I feel like that seems like a reasonable example. Like, would you expect that athlete to see like, and like, obviously this is not a perfect study, but just based on like your experience with everything, like, would you expect that athlete, um, you know, in comparison to a different athlete, like all things the same to have a super different response to their training. Like how much of an impact do you think some moderate alcohol consumption can have on our ability to make gains essentially? And I know this mm. is like a really big question that's not, <laughs> but just yeah. provide some conjecture <laughs> here. Cause I'm super curious. <laughs> well, in terms of performance and training and the impact that alcohol can have on it, it's, it is really interesting if you think about like the, I don't know, physiology of, of training, if you will. But one of the things that, that really does come to mind is how alcohol can impact muscle contraction. Mm, This was a really freaky one that I was like, (laughs) I object. I'm mad. Unconditionally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tell us, tell us the dirty details. So there was a study, um, we can always post these studies in the show notes too. I yep. think data is important. Yep. Read your, do your own reading, you know? Yeah. So. Yep. Um, but so in terms of alcohol consumption uh, and in, in your performance, it can actually uh, decrease your strength output because of the direct effect on calcium channels what? that are responsible for muscle excitation and contraction. Rats. Bullshit. We need okay. So basically, your muscles are kind of all right. I'm gonna just throw this in here. Your muscles kind of like operate like this will be a bad example, but you know, there's a lot of like electric electric sort of things happening in your muscles. Um, to be like really kind of crude like about it. it, yeah. But basically, like these ions, like calcium ions, are part of the process of muscle contraction. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if that's impacted, it's problematic. Okay, go on. Yeah. No, <laughs> thanks for that. It, it's if you look up online, like muscle contraction and excitation, you'll find some really frustrating YouTube videos that just look like these little like music notes doing some weird. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've seen this this diagram from Khan Academy about a thousand times. Oh, wow. Still just yeah, like makes sense. got a review. But it, it is interesting because it can also really impact the recovery side of things too. So, you know, of course, after we train, like never mind if you're, you're training and your, con- your muscle contraction is impacted, but then if you're struggling to recover, which I'll get there, but it's like, okay, what are the implications of that? Yeah. So remember we talked about alcohol replacing the calories from possibly protein rich or yeah. carb sources. So that would mean directly if, if protein is minimized, uh, maybe because you're full or you forget or you're like, eh, it doesn't really matter. Or like you were going to make yourself a chicken something and then you like order pizza instead. Yeah, good example. <laughs> I've never done that. What we did last night. Yeah, anyway, um, so it, it actually impacts muscle protein synthesis, which is what we need to act in order to recover recover yeah so you do this two ways you 
work out and you, of course, work out the muscle, but also you eat protein. So if you are replacing, you know, say, okay, back up, if your contraction is impacted and if you're not taking in protein, of course, muscle protein synthesis isn't optimally stimulated. And then it could actually inhibit muscle protein synthesis altogether. There are some interesting studies about that too. So all in all, Lauren, do you want to talk about, you know, if we, with muscle contraction kind of getting janky, but then also. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, I want to back up here. I have some questions. Okay. So let's say like, you know, the muscle contraction is like inhibited. Is this something or like is, you know, diminished in some way because Mm -hmm. of alcohol consumption? Is this an acute thing or it's like if you drank a beer yesterday you're during your session today it's gonna suck or is this like a like you drank just be like what the hell but like or if you like consistently drink and this is like part of something that's like in your system a little bit like I'd also don't know how long like parts of alcohol like stick around your system or if it gets flushed out but is this more of like an acute thing or is this like if consumption is done over time, it's going to impact like all of your sessions, like all of your training sessions. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know the answer to that, to be honest, but what I will say is if you, it's kind of like the same thing. If you go after your session, you aren't recovering well because your nutrition isn't really on par, then right. Your, your recovery is going to be impacted impacted and and your training will be impacted so if similarly kind of like is a vicious cycle where it's like yeah beer have a less recovery next session won't be as good because you weren't as well recovered like rinse repeat over a 12-week training cycle and like that's going to have an impact yeah and i would i would even be willing to say like if if we think back to like the long-term potential effects of alcohol especially in you know high frequency and high doses of course like you know, the impacts to our, our mental health, certainly nerve damage, maybe just malnutrition in general, that's going to have a long-term effect beyond the acute phase. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, I just had a question, but it left me. That's okay. It'll come back eventually. All the questions. All the questions have (laughs) evaporated from my brain. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, this is what I want to talk about too. How does it like impact your sleep? Cause also sleep Mm. is pretty, a pretty important part of recovery. And I know that alcohol can definitely have some negative impacts on how we sleep. Is that kind of like compounded in what you were saying about recovery or is this kind of like a separate, separate issue entirely? I would argue it's part of recovery. I mean, I think alcohol really does impact a lot of the different aspects of recovery and we should definitely get into that too. Mm -hmm. But in terms of sleep, alcohol can actually disrupt REM sleep. So Mm, that's important. Yeah. That's why that's important. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) your, your deep, deep REM sleep is when, you know, they call it like the dream state and that's when you're, you're in the I don't know if necessarily it's the highest quality time of sleep, but it's when you are uh, just out, you know, and that's when when I, I would argue that your body is doing all the behind the scenes stuff that it needs to do just for like natural functioning, like recovering, building, um, actually doing the rebuilding your muscles part. Yeah. Like, you know, rebuilding cells or like just doing all the things it needs to. It's like literally powering down your computer after you know, hammering on it all day. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and I guess kind of related to that too, uh, is the effect on hormones as well, because hormones are also part of sleep too. So specifically here, uh, it can have 
well, of course we talked about the suppression of REM, but that's because it has a central nervous system effect. Mm. So it can, it can really impact there, but it's especially notable with cortisol. And, you know, we think of cortisol as the stress hormone, which yes, it is, but it also has really important roles for anti-inflammation and uh, gluconeogenesis, which is actually just turning other um, substrates like protein and fats into usable energy, turning it into carbs. And uh, that, of course, has a direct impact on recovery because if we're not really... We don't have like uh, materials available properly for recovering our muscles. It's <laughs> yeah. not good. Yeah. Yeah. Just freaking messing up the whole supply chain of our body with... It. This is this conversation's bumming me out. I know. Uh, <laughs> I was like, my cocktail yesterday tasted really good. Well, shit. <laughs> At what cost? <laughs> At what cost? <laughs> right? And yeah. Damn. Yeah. What's... What is actually interesting too about, I guess on the same vein with alcohol, it can actually increase cortisol production. It can decrease testosterone. And of course we want testosterone for muscle growth, hypertrophy. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is, I would say not a vicious cycle, but maybe like a uh, malicious cycle. <laughs> like a Cruella de Vil cycle where it's like a little sexy, but also bad. And you're like, ooh, yeah. maybe not. Yep, exactly. Oh boy. Yes. Wow. Well, on that note, should we uh, take a quick break? Absolutely. Yep, on we that should. happy note. All right, let's take, <laughs> let's take a break and talk about something <laughs> silly. So today, in the spirit of our episode about alcohol, we're gonna we're gonna tell you about the most embarrassing things we have purchased under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> Who wants to start? I think you should learn because mine is a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for Caitlin's because apparently her husband doesn't even know what she bought. So Ryan, if Sorry you're listening, for listening, perk your ears up right now. <laughs> oh my God. I can't, I can't wait. I've been wondering about what Caitlin bought for like two days. So I'm ready. Okay. Yes, I will. I will tell mine first. And it is, it is a tale, a tale of Sunday brunch. Ooh. A tale. Once upon, I'm going to tell this like a fairy tale, which I just decided right now, and we're going to have a great time. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Lauren in in the big city, the Big Apple, New York <laughs> City, for for a job interview. And I was out with some friends this weekend of the interview, and um, and then the the Lauren. I'm really blowing this. Lauren at the Sunday brunch purchased the bottomless mimosas for the cheap, cheap price of $8, um, which is very inexpensive in New York City. mimosas for $8? Yeah, but what happened next? What happened next after enjoying many bottomless mimosas? The count has escaped me now since it has been many years since I did this. Hence bottomless. Yes. So Lauren went to Forever 21, and during this time... Fuzzy jackets were very popular, and Lauren purchased a $50 pink fuzzy jacket. I was It's a pink faux fur jacket. Oh my God. And Is I... this why you wouldn't go to Forever 21 with me yesterday? <laughs> Complete opposition. <laughs> no, but... So that's what I did. It's very silly. I've hardly ever worn it, um, but I thought I really needed it, and now it just sits in my closet, and, and I laugh. 
at it. But I, I did buy that. I actually love that jacket, though. So yeah. Oh well, there's like my classy. This isn't very. I have two pink fuzzy jackets. Oh boy. I have like a classy one from Patagonia that like actually looks nice, and then I have this one from Forever Twenty One that makes me look like I don't know a mobster's wife, as what people have told me when I wear it. So back to the mob in this episode, we see. But that's my story. Bottomless mimosas, a dangerous game to play. Beware and don't go to the mall after you. <laughs> drink those. Caitlin, what did you do? This is going to be good. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm like really nervous. My palms are sweating (laughs) thinking about putting this out into the world. Um, so let me take you back last year. I, I was a pandemic purchase. It was a pandemic purchase. It gets worse. (gasps) Uh, so my other half was away on a business trip and I was home left alone to my own devices. Mm. And cats you know, away, the mice will play. Go absolutely on. Absolutely, I played. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, I it was snowing out, and I was like, you know what? This would be a really fun time to have some beverages, which turned into some more beverages. And uh, well, so somehow I got onto the theme of American Girl dolls. Shut the fuck up. Caitlin. So I was like, oh, I used to have Josephina growing up and I really loved her. I wonder if they still have like her cool stuff online because for some reason I just really got a hankering to pull out my dolls and play with them. And I have none How of them. How drunk were you? I... I think you know the answer to that because I mean I don't know if I've ever been <laughs> purchase American Girl doll stuff drunk and I had a Molly doll and I was fucking into it. So well, so what happened? Everyone I just, under the age of twenty one's like, what's an American Girl doll? No, they're they're having a Renaissance, Lauren. <laughs> Sorry that I made a Valley Girl voice. If you're under the age of twenty one, that was very <laughs> Im- immature of me. But they're dolls, okay? They were expensive dolls that were historically. I don't know. There's probably some problems with them, I'm sure. But in anyways, so (laughs) I just wanted the comfort of like looking at her stuff again, because I had a lot of the cool like stuff like she had a goat. And anyway, um, so I go on the website and they have this incredible Native American American girl doll. And she comes with a horse. She has like her f- cool little food things on the side all of these amazing like outfits i i was blown away oh my so god so i actually put a lot of her like clothes and extra stuff in the cart and i just clicked buy i it wasn't even like a thought <laughs> it was like i want this i'm going to have it and of course, in the next day, I was like, what have I done? Oh, my God. And um, so, yeah, that's the story of when uh, Ryan was gone. And I I decided to buy some American Girl doll stuff as a, a 28-year-old woman wow. alone on a, a snowy day. So. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And who knows? I have no, like, honestly, y'all, I haven't really looked into how appropriated some of the stuff that American Girl Dolls sell is, but like, who knows? There's probably something not good there if we like looked under the hook. That's insane though, Caitlin. You got so drunk that you bought American Girl Doll stuff. It it just, honestly, <laughs> I really just was in that mood. 
<laughs> it I happened. Mean, I feel like during the pandemic, I also went through a phase of like, I will only watch Pixar movies because I am really into escapism right now. So some inner yeah. child healing definitely happened. Oh, it absolutely did. And I'm still disappointed that I, I returned or I, I canceled the order before it even got to me. Aww. Probably would have kept it all. <laughs> I was wondering how you kept this from Ryan. Like, okay, but this all makes a lot of sense. You, you, uh, interesting. Well, I hope Ryan listens to this. <laughs> And I hope it's like a year from now and then he'll like bring it up and we'll be like, oh yeah, we did admit that on the air. Well, amazing. The effects of alcohol, everyone. Tragic. Tragic, but also, tragic. Yeah, but it, we'll, we'll get back to, to it. A good story. And now we're back to more applicable things than this, but I hope you enjoyed because we're both embarrassed now. All right. Deeply. Back to the show. back from that embarrassing little break so now you know something you're welcome something embarrassing about us um okay now let's talk we're gonna swerve a little bit now and we're gonna talk a bit about like some more applicable applications of knowing the impacts of alcohol right so caitlin i think maybe the first thing we can talk about we're gonna talk about let's talk about how to if you like to drink alcohol but you are training when would you prioritize drinking it versus not. And I'll give another example just so we can be like pretty actional about this. So let's say you're a person that's going to like, you do like to drink sometimes and you try to do like three training sessions a week. If you were going to like plan to go out with your friends or like plan to consume alcohol, what would you say to someone to kind of like optimize that consumption to have maximum recovery and have good sessions? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think what it comes down to if you're going to prioritize drinking versus not drinking you really need to consider let's say maybe three things and then we can relate this back to like the specifics of the week but you really want to think about the certain performance goals that you have in mind you want to consider possibly if you have an injury or Mm. you know if if you're trying to avoid one, which I think safe to say we probably all, all are. Avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then also, like you said, with recovery times too. So I think one thing I want to mention to that first point about performance goals is that if you are, you know, say you're going to go on a trip and you have a very specific performance goal in mind, I would possibly avoid drink, of course, avoid drinking beforehand which I will go into, but it doesn't mean don't drink at all during Like, that are you talking trip. about, like, on a climbing weekend? Like, a climbing weekend or climbing trip. Like, I think it's safe to say a lot of us, you know, we will likely have some beverage of alcohol that night to, like, you know. Just... Yeah. Okay, so let's say, let's say, like, you're weekend warrioring. I guess, like, different example. Let's say you're, like, going on a trip and you have two day, two or three days to be there, like, yeah, how would you like go about alcohol consumption if you're like maybe trying to like send something the next day? Mm-hmm. So if you're planning on drinking, well, if you're planning on hoping on sending, yeah, um, I would say avoid it before and during. That <laughs> yeah, session. Uh, of course. <laughs> well, especially because consider this: alcohol impacts your motor coordination, your power, your endurance. All of those things are impaired, <laughs> which, in case you're wondering, you need those. You need those. Weird. Uh, and also, your 
uh, thought processing is certainly delayed, and so are your reaction times. Also, so, like, climbing's dangerous. Like, I'm not trying to be, like, a buzzkill, but climbing is buzz dangerous. We all yeah. know this. Like, you know, being aware of what's going on is kind of important. <laughs> yeah, and if, if you're trying to really push your upper limit or you, you really want to, you know, check off a send, like, you don't really want to contribute to that, you know, so... I would say certainly have it in the evening if, if that's something that you enjoy doing, but don't replace your calories with it. Yeah. So always have that meal. Make sure you still get the adequate calories you do need, but specifically from all of the other macronutrients, carbs, protein, and fat, and also hydrate too. That is so mm. important as well. So you really want to make sure that you're, you're checking those boxes. And even if alcohol is part of that, we really don't want to exclude those additions or, you know, basic priorities really. Ooh, ooh, can I tell, can I tell a quick story about please do? Okay. So, uh, (laughs) my good friend Galen, we were, we were out at the crag climbing together and, um, he's doing pretty darn well on what would be his first 11 D. And he, I believe he had like one hung it. It's like midday at the crag. And I believe we were at Bob Marley and it was a little bit sunny, but I really was thinking, I was like, Galen might be allowed to, might be about to send his first 11 D today. Like that'd be pretty sick. Like what a good time. And then I'm, I'm just doing my thing. I'm over at my bag. And all of a sudden I hear the crack of a oh, past <laughs> and I turn oh. around and like a disappointed mother, I just yell, Galen <laughs> and then the whole crack it's not like, time for PBR don't do it and I shamed him so bad and he was literally like mid drink like lips on the can and he's just like looking over <laughs> at me like about to take a sip and I was like don't fucking do it you're about to send and then I, th- I think he ended up drinking it a little bit and he didn't send not saying that he you know but I was all of this to say like you do all this work in the gym and you spend all this time like getting outside like you know respect yourself enough that and I'm not trying to be a buzzkill guys but I am a coach that wants you to do well right so respect yourself enough to like not dampen your ability to send or like have a good crag day by like being under the influence at the crag especially if you don't get to get outside a lot like honestly I mean if you don't if you don't really care like I guess do what you want it does have an impact and like you could be like cheapening your ability to like take some stuff off and have a productive day outside by like drinking during it sorry buzzkill alert but like that's the truth so yeah and if it's if you consider alcohol to be like liquid courage just remember (laughs) that it it really does have a big impact like it's it's actually not a performance aid because of the psychological effects but you're you become a danger to yourself a danger to other people certainly it's it's not going to be your highest performance output time frame so I would say you know that's it's probably really important to avoid especially before and during if afterwards remember just keep those calories yeah keep them up but kind of related to that too, where we talked about injury, I wanted to make some points there because alcohol certainly can affect injury and rehab of injuries too. Oh, interesting. Okay. Tell me more. So if you're already injured and this could be either the acute phase or like longer term as you're still in recovery, but, um, you know, think about think about when you are injured, you know, you might get some swelling, you'll get some pain, maybe, you know, there's some bruising, but that's the direct inflammatory response because your body is sending nutrients to that area Mm -hmm. to fix it. Right. So 
alcohol directly limits that response. Oh, wow. Which is kind of sad and, and just frustrating. Um, so if you like are drinking and you like get injured um, or you drink while injured, like this can impact the acute phase of the injury. Yeah, absolutely. Because alcohol acts as a vasodilator, mm-hmm. which then increases blood flow to that injured area. Mm-hmm. And that could directly prolong recovery. So, so, so you're saying when I drank a PBR after I cracked my head open while sport climbing, that was not a good plan. Ooh. <laughs> Wow. I was young and dumb, guys. Don't judge me. Yeah. I was this, stressed out. This is not medical also advice. three hours after I cracked my head open and cracked my head open is a little dramatic. It ended up being just two staples. So. Uh, still staples in the skull, Lauren. I mean, come on. That's pretty like, real. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is not medical advice, but I don't do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So don't, don't do that. Oh, uh, yeah. oh boy. Yep. So, so that's bad. Got it. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. But it, it's okay. I understand we're human. You know, um, that's that's just the way it goes. Yeah. But I also, in terms of recovery, I wanna I wanna chat about that too because I think, like injury recovery. Well, injury recovery, of course, but then also like your basic training recovery. So you build those adaptations that we you know we hope for. Mm-hmm. But what is directly impacted, I think, is the hypoglycemic effect of alcohol. So mm, by okay. that, it just means low blood sugar. Got um, it. And this can actually happen for up to 24 hours. Oh, wow. Okay. Drinking. Yeah. We didn't get to this when we talked about recovery earlier. So this can like, yeah. interesting. Okay. Tell me more. So, you know, if you're, if you're a weekend warrior, like I'm sure many of us are, and you only have the short window to actually, you know, go out and do the thing. And if we drink a lot, say like our goal is to send something before we head home on Sunday, but Mm -hmm. we drink a lot on, on Saturday night, you know, that could have a big impact on our blood sugar levels. And we, we really do need those, you know, the, the carbs and the blood sugar. Yeah. We need to be able to use those to be snappy on the wall. Absolutely. So it really, what this comes down to is if you're on either a shorter or even a longer trip and you plan to climb the next day, your performance will likely be impaired because of those low energy levels. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, so if you were going to drink, would slow. you just say like drink a little and definitely don't over, like, I remember Eric, Eric Hurst talking about this on his podcast at one point And he was like, have like, you can have like one send beer at the campfire, but like, don't hit the sauce too hard now. Like, would you say yeah. like, that's probably I would a sufficient way that. to operate. Yeah. And if you really don't care, like, just don't, like, if you really care about sending, like, I don't know, maybe just like, don't <laughs> drink the night before. True. And like, realistically, you know, I think that two a day for men, one a day for women, I think is a good like, benchmark for, yeah. Like just a good guideline to make sure that like, you're not overdoing it, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's just like, we're, we're all, human and I drink certainly when I go camping that's like a big part of it for me and it's it's something that I like yeah, to like do having a beer around the campfire is nice yeah beer and donuts is like the magical combo for me so <laughs> and it's not to say that you know I don't still have my next nutritive meal and mm-hmm. it's not to say that I won't have another beer it's just you know if it depends on what my goals are and if I really have it in my mind that I'm I'm gonna 
like, like have a big performance day or you want to like do mm-hmm. really well, like that's a good way to stack things in your favor. I guess in terms of like your training day too. So if you were, all right, let me give you like kind of option A, option B. I feel like I know what you're going to say. So in terms of like training sessions during the week, let's say you were going to go out with your friends on Wednesday night and train on Thursday. Would it be more optimal to train on Thursday and like drink afterwards or would it be better to drink the day before if you were going to? I know it's kind of hard to say, but let's say you were going to do moderate, like maybe moderate, like if you were a guy, maybe you're going to have three drinks instead of two. And if you're a woman, you're going to have two instead of just one or something. Like, would it be better to do it the day before the day like of or after? Let's do some if thens. Okay. Great. You drink the night before and your training isn't until until much later the next day. Yeah. Then I would say that's a good option. Cool. However, if it's you, the next morning. Yeah. If it's the next morning, <laughs> guys, I, come mm, on. Hungover training, I just, it's not, I think it'd be better to rest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just don't. Um, Same. But if you are planning on, drinking the next night after a, a gym training session and you know that you're still going to eat a solid meal and mm-hmm. make sure that you hydrate and, you know, have the beer on the side, then I think that's also fine. perfectly fine. Okay. Too. Would you say one's better than the other? Or is it just like, make sure after your session, eat some food and then it's kind of like whatever. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think like it this depends. This is really subjective. But yeah. I think yeah. it depends on the person, how much you drink, what the the drink is. Again, like maybe your genetics and how you metabolize alcohol, but it's all also those other factors of like what you're eating around those alcohol, you know, consumption timeframes yep. too. So it all, it just paints that picture of make sure you cover your bases and don't replace your substantial meals with alcohol. Sweet. Is there, I feel like that kind of like, you know, that kind of like ties a nice actionable bow around everything. Is there anything else you'd want to like communicate to people about alcohol consumption and being an athlete that cares about kind of doing well at stuff? Yeah, I think it's, you know, that, that saying everything in moderation, it doesn't mean you can't can't have this, can't have that. But I think it, it is safe to say that if you do have really specific training goals and performance goals, you might consider seeing how you do without, you know, imbibing for a minute, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's not something that you can ever do. There's, you know, it's kind of like up to you and what feels good for you, but uh, hopefully you have all the, uh, this information now and you can make the best decision for yourself and yeah, that you're ultimately the one who knows yourself the best. So yeah, like from a personal perspective, like with athletes that I coach, like we don't, I'm never like telling athletes, Oh, uh, and as part of my training plan, you get a ration of half of a beer a week, <laughs> like blah, blah, blah. Like we honestly hardly ever address this. I think if you're like yeah. a person that cares about getting your training done and like you actually are able to get your sessions done, it's very likely that you don't like overconsume alcohol regularly to be totally honest. So I think it's something where to me, it's kind of like consume in moderation, know what's going on with it. And like with these tips that Caitlin just gave us, I think we can be armed with like, okay, if we are going to drink, like these are going to be the consequences. This is a better way to go about it than others. And I think you can still casually consume alcohol and climb well, as long as you, you know, acknowledge the effects and plan around it. Absolutely. I think that's a a really great 
concise way to, uh, you know, TLDR. Wow. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Well, we just did our first slightly hungover episode about alcohol, and I think we were pretty darn coherent (laughs) for you'll be the judge everyone (laughs) right now no we're really not doing too bad but yeah but it was still you know you gotta celebrate your first day at a live concert again I was like we used to do this all the time you could just go to a show and then go have a drink after and just be around people it was great I'm sure there's gonna be like another like spike in you know our favorite virus here pretty soon so this will sure be short-lived but you know it was fun while it lasted we'll see what happens but live music wow what a thing. Yep. A great yep. break away from, from where we've been the last yes, couple of years. Indeed. So, so drunk in our safe. houses that we're buying American girl dolls. So yep. yep. Well, we're stay doing a lot safe better. out there. Uh, secure your wallet. <laughs> Caitlin's like, stop fucking talking and, about it. <laughs> uh, go look on their website. They have some pretty incredible stuff right now. <laughs> yes. The artistry is pretty, it's pretty nice. Wow. And the way they, I remember going to like an American girl store and the way they could just do their hair. And I'm like, can you do my, they would do your hair to match the doll's hair. It was crazy. Anyway, too old for that. They never did that when I was a kid. Well, that's because Caitlin's older than me. Barely. So, wow, this is the make fun of Caitlin show today. Okay. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and wrap this one up before we say anything else incriminating. So it's been a good time, team. Uh, Catch you later. Stay cool, stay safe, don't drink and drive, and keep it average. Absolutely. Caitlin here. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. We also have a bonus episode where we taste test, quote, healthy or athlete-focused alcohols, and we think our reactions are priceless. Check back soon for these shenanigans. Now I'll close us out with our production credit and some announcements. If you're looking for one-on-one nutrition coaching or want to learn if this is the right next step for you and your climbing, let's connect. You can book a free 15-minute clarity call with me by tapping the link in our show notes. Interested in starting a new training journey? Lauren has your back. Whether you need a plan for bouldering, sport climbing, or just plain strength, there's a good spray training plan for you. Tap the link in our show notes to learn more. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Caitlin, and my co-host, Lauren. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and Lauren on her Instagram over at Good Spray Coaching. This show is produced by Josh Hayfleet with our favorite furry production assistant, Stubby the Corgi. The music for this episode was created by Devin Dabney of the American Climbing Project. Make sure to check out his podcast if you haven't already. You'll laugh, you'll learn, you will introspect. The Average Climber Podcast is a part of the Plugtone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugtoneAudio.com or at Plugtone Audio on Instagram to learn more about the other great shows on this network. See you next time, and until then, keep it average. <laughs>